everyone, and we're live. You're tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have a fairly fascinating guy in, in, in the studio with me. So I was introduced to Sharon via friend. And Sharon is the managing director of Vigil Investments. And yep. his his profession is a little bit of a of a mystery to me. So Sharon, could you please introduce uh, yourself? Sure. And what is it that you do? All right. Um, so, well, I'm Sharon to begin with. And uh, well, I think I like to be known as a trader. So I'm okay. a trader and uh, I create strategies or systems uh, that are executed in the financial markets. And of course, uh, well, our only KPI, so per se, is profits or performance really. And mm. um, yeah, that's what fascinates me. I'm kind of like the brains of the operation really. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Okay. When you say trader in, uh, let's say, financial markets, what do you yes. mean by that? Because uh, for the layman, I don't think the word trader comes up. Uh, when they think of financial markets, they think of maybe uh, financial institutions, or so banks, and they think of investment and stuff. So what exactly is a trader? Ah, uh, That's a really good question. Um, and I like to differentiate as well. Like I think a lot of times when people talk about traders, they think of, the, of banks, right, yes. as you mentioned. But actually, I realized that when you're a trader in a bank, you're actually facilitating a trade very much. So you're not taking a position, you know, and hoping for the best per se, you are literally, you know, going to client A and say, I'm going to buy this for you, or at least that's what you've instructed me to. And everything, it's kind of, you know, uh, written out, you know, so you're kind of like the middleman. Now, I'm a trader in the sense that I have to take a position, stand by that position and see it through, really. And so it's either going to be two outcomes for me, really. It's either going to be a profit or a loss, Okay. you know, and well, we of course once uh, won the profits, and yeah. that's 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 I guess the kind of difference that we have to take a position. We have to stand by our conviction, and we have to strive for that performance or profit. Yeah. Really, when you say taking a position, is that in the layman terms like you taking a stand at this? What does that mean? Uh, could 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 you paint me a picture? What does sure, that mean? Sure, yeah. sure. So um, I'll use a very simple example, really. Yeah. So well, I have to buy something that I think um going to go up in value you know yes. so so let's say if i always love to use this example a very layman example now if i'm going to buy a you know a, a you know a, a coke you know a can of coke right and i'm going to buy it for 30 cents yeah. I, I i think i'm pretty confident i can sell it for 60 cents yes so in in that same way whatever i'm buying whether it's the coke can whether it's it oil whether it's it gold whether it's it the euro dollar or really you know let's talk about one of the really famous stocks right now that, that tesla I, I, I got to be confident that it's going to go up, really. And I got to know where I want to get rid of it to make mm. a profit, you know. So I have to take a position in that I'm all by myself. I mean, there's no one that I'm trying to execute for. And there is a very simple KPI, make money or make a make make something really yep. with it. So, so yeah, that's, I guess, the example that I would use. So with KPIs and let's say with profit and losses, are there ever instances where... A loss is just as beneficial as profit, or is it uh, always? Are you always looking to make a profit? That's a very good question, really. And uh, as 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 you as you as you mature as uh, a trader, you realize that it's easy to profit. Oh, it really <laughs> that's is interesting. <laughs> yeah, but keeping the profit—that's the difficult part. Is it a consistency then? Exactly, and I think that's what you want. You want longevity. Mm. You want consistency. And you want discipline, you know what I mean? And um, it's very easy to start with wins, you know, and then assume a lot out of that. Yep. But who's to say you're not going to give it all back and more, mm. you know, back to the market in six, eight, 
you know, months or years time, you know. And so we call it the beginner's luck, right? Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. But really, at the end of the day, how how do you know that the way that you're trading is robust enough, all right, to stand the test of time, that you don't give back? Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part. So you wouldn't want to be a flash in a pen, but you want to stay consistent throughout uh, a long enough uh, period of time, maybe years and decades even. Exactly. And I think, well, the two types of traders, um, one of them is uh, those that aim for a quick buck, really. Yep. Now, assuming they know when to stop, of course. For <laughs> others, like me, I guess, uh, we kind of uh, try to, 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 to prioritize consistency, yep. longevity. But at the same time, of course, you know, we, we are also trying to perform and we're trying to perform spectacularly, but it has to come after consistency, if okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. So um, let's just dial things back a little bit. Um, sure. I'm particularly curious about the history of how you got into this particular profession. Uh, because okay. are, are, are there trading schools that you can attend? <laughs> because when, when I think of professions in Singapore, especially, um, it is encouraged that you go to a specific institution, you learn the, the, the rigors of it, but just just talk a bit about your, your history with this profession, how you got into it, and the the, the journey that you had until uh, Vigil. Sure, well, that, that takes us uh, way back. Um, I started my journey trading when I was 19. So was you look 25. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> oh Wait, man, Thank, not, thanks for that. <laughs> you're not 20s? No, I'm not. Oh, I, I'm 33 this year, and that was 12 years ago when I started, when I was okay. 19. Um, well, it was actually a bit of a personal event, life event that 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 got me started or get, got me more aware of um, the need for, um, well, well, fi- finance really and the importance of finance. Um, and 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 that episode was uh, my my own father. My my father passed away when he was forty nine, and I was about nineteen then eighteen. Mm. Uh, I got into this whole trading because it fascinates me and um, uh, through certain specific life events, um, I was very inspired by the ability to create wealth and then to do something with it. Uh, but beyond that, when I first started, um, it was it was right in the midst of the 0708 Lehman Brothers crisis. So okay. I started uh, during a period of time that was extremely um, chaotic. It was extremely, uh, 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 well, it was a crazy time really. Mm. And uh, uh, it was a really good time for traders, so so believe it or not. Uh, but I started during that period of time. Now, how I started was uh, I actually did went for some causes. Okay. Uh, on hindsight, though, um, I don't think they were very useful. Mm. But um, what came after that was a lot of you know really blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot, a lot of hours on the screens. Mm. Um, you're talking about at least 15 hours a day. You know, really clocking in day after day. Like you really got to experience. Um, the the ebb and flow of the market. Now, um, I want to make a point to say that I actually started, uh, as a discretionary trader or a manual trader, as like they call, as as people like to call it. What so does that mean? Yeah. What it really means is just so you are making the decisions manually or discretionarily, and you know, in your head, and you have a bit of like a system in your head. Right now, the buzzwords are things like machine learning, right? Yep algorithmic trading. Now, yep. I did not start with that. In fact, I started literally two eyes on the screen yep. many hours. And I think, or I, I'm i proud of that because I think that really helped me to understand, to feel, to experience, you know, the, the market itself, you know, and um, and obviously we're at a bit of a different um, uh, paradigm right now, yep. but 
but those were the days where you, you you're just staring at the screen and the markets were going crazy. Yep. And that's how I began um, well trading really. What what yeah. memories do you have of that particular time when you say chaos? Could you paint us a picture? Because <laughs> I yes, I think I'm too oblivious at that time to even understand what's going on. <laughs> I know everybody's like uh, chaos. Everything's in red. Everything's going sure. down. So could you could could you paint us a picture as to what yeah is I guess your most tangible memory about that? Uh, yeah. Well, this is yeah. This is the this is the most um most vivid memory. So. Shortly after I started, I, I obviously went to serve NS. You know, I was in the army and yep. um, I had a Nokia M51. I'm not sure if you guys remember that. flip phone? It wasn't a flip phone, but it wasn't those uh, slick, small looking, you know, not the fat one, not the one that pretty much can can, can survive can a nuclear survive disaster, the right? <laughs> it's the other kind, right? Okay, so I was okay. proud of that. Yeah. Now, it could actually uh, get on to Wi-Fi and I think that was oh, pretty impressive wow. back then. Uh, or he had some some signal. I forgot. I forgot how did that work. How did that work really? Yeah. Anyway, so I was in Tukong. Oh, I'm not sure whether I'm supposed to say this, but anyway, I was in Tukong. <laughs> oh, okay. <and> <laughs> oh, allegedly. <laughs> wow, this is this is really brings back memories. Yeah. And, um, so I in those time on those days, all you needed to do was to short the market. Really, just what, keep shorting it. What is short the market? So when you short the market, you are hoping that it drops further, and that's where you make a profit. So when prices drops further, you make uh, a profit. Now you could do that. So it takes a bit of, I guess, mind twisting to understand that concept, but you get it very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually shorted just before my route march <laughs> on my N51. Yeah. And at, in the evening when we set up our bashas, you know, and stuff like that, yeah. I, I crept into my basha, I turn, turn, turn it on again. Yeah. And back then I, 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 I saw and I was making about, I think $3,000. Wow. And I was like, Wow, if only, wow, is it really did that easy, if you know what I mean? But that was, I guess, a, a, a very vivid memory where back in those days in 07, 08, yeah. uh, the chaotic times, all you needed to do was to press a sell button and, well, in theory, you could be making some some dough right there. Mm. And, and that was what, maybe eight hours? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, from a discretionary trader, as you described, mm. to the, 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 the managing director you are today, what what is the sort of journey that, that we're looking mm. at? Why I would assume you are part of a, a larger group right now. So why is there a particular need to 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 be part of a larger entity? Well, that's a terrific question. Maybe this will help. Can I explain why? So shortly after the 0708 crisis, I think um, the markets uh, obviously turned for the better. Mm. Volatility dropped. Um, looking back in hindsight, I realized it's probably not the best that I started during that period of time because it gave me a bit of a facade that markets are always that volatile, that easy, mm. if you know what I mean. And um, shortly after, uh, I started to give back, as I've mentioned, you know, it's difficult, you know, being profit is easy, but keeping it, that's the tough part. And I started giving back. And and that was period, that the period of time was probably the most challenging. The reason for that as well is that um, uh, obviously, Everything that I've been trading was 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 to short the market, you know, and that was a good like two years, you know, and I did pretty well back that back back then. Uh, but then I think during the period when the markets recovered, volatility dropped, I I started to think that hey, I think I really need to change as well, mm. right? And that actually started a process. I mean, till now really, where I realized that I think every trader has to continually progress, evolve, and 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 it's a never ending process. Mm. And the day that you think it's over will be the day that I think 
you start to, well, give back even more. And so there's this natural progression where you need to continue to get better at what you do. Now, you don't, you don't forget everything, of course, but what you do is, I guess, you get more specific. You make it more uh, productive. You get more e- efficient, more effective in squeezing out. So it's still the same KPI. You mm. still got to perform, but the market changes. Oh, definitely. And how do you adapt to that in a way that continues uh, that you can continue to hit your KPI. Mm. And I think that was why uh Visual Investments was born really because at the end of the day, at the end of the day you need like-minded people coming together. You need a team to continually invest. And where we are right now, I, I look back and I'm also very surprised really because um well we've come a long way really and 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 the market's now well recently right we just went into a pandemic sell-off as well and and, and we see things repeat itself. Mm. I've been a trader for 12 years. How do we cons- co- continually get or stay ahead of the curve? That is why we need a team. That is why we need partners. Well, that's why we need visual investments. You you mentioned that there was a shift. Uh, you, you realized that you had to change. Yes. So I would like to know if, was it due just that, 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 revelation that you needed to change was it instilled to you by like a mentor was it something that you read was it something that you watched what what inspired that change uh hmm it was more of a sense a sensing i think okay yeah and um obviously at that point in time uh markets were rebounding Mm. volatility was dropping and you're and you're having this sense whereby hey maybe the past two years was is over really yep and obviously, I guess the hard truth, the hard knock was really when you start giving back 40% of what you've earned in the oh past like, two years, you know, and you're like, okay, if I don't want to lose everything, I need to change. I need to recognize the inevitable. I need to recognize that maybe the things has changed, uh, yep. the, the, the market has changed and I need to adapt. So it was, well, that, that well, you, you could call it fear really, or you could call it awareness right now. Of, of, of what's to come or what may happen that I guess continually kept me in shape, kept mm-hmm. me um, uh, uh, in a state where, you know, you, you are, you're just constantly thinking what can happen okay. and how do I prepare for that? Yeah, and so that, that was really a turning point because that really started, I guess, my development from, well, what then I was a, um, a retail discretionary trader mm. <clears throat> excuse me, into something more, I guess, into something that, hey, I want to make this into something that's consistent, something that's longevity, and I want to make it into a business model. How do I do that? I want to I want to monetize it further. How do I do that? And that really started, I guess, um, well, the, in, the initial stages of visual yep. uh, uh, investments and stuff like that. Was it, was it a very revolutionary uh, thought to have that you wanted to make uh, that into a business? Uh, um. I would say no. Mm. I think when I first started trading and maybe two, three, four years into it, I think something something that really helped me, you know, was there was also a technology boom. Okay. So how did how did a guy like me, how am I able, you know, to I've never worked in a bank, mm. I've never gotten any big mentors that mm. were, you know, legendary traders and whatnot. But what? Who? Who was really my mentor? Really, I think was technology. Was the was was the web? Really, you know, Google. internet. Yeah, and really just countless countless of hours. Really, I, of course, I found some good material and stuff like that. But I developed a system, a strategy, uh, myself, and apply that countless of times. Try and test it, failed, come back again on the market, on the real market itself. Really, 
And I think that whole process allowed, um, well, a lot of retail traders like myself, first of all, to become profitable and aspire towards something more. And that was really the beginning of um, this whole business model, this whole idea, which eventually turned into visual investments, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Does any particular piece of media stand out? Any particular book? Are you going to plug Rich Dad Poor Dad like everybody? Ah, <laughs> um, I was really inspired by Market Wizards. So I read Market ferociously Wizards. as well. Um, but I was so inspired by Market Wizards. And the book really, it's a bit of a of a story, stories of different traders really. And you see the similarities yet the difference in every one of them. And 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 you inspire, you get, very, you get very inspired to be one of them really, yeah. you know, to create a story of your own, I guess. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, I realized that um, it's not difficult really. It's not rocket science, but you have to have discipline and and it's tedious, you know. Um, you'll be surprised. Or I was surprised. So looking back 12 years, um, actually people don't lack knowledge or, or people, people lack the discipline really to see things through. And I finally, I realized why, you know, as some people would, you know, um, have known by now, you could be a PhD, but you could be a really bad trader, you know, mm. because something's missing. There's something else, a more necessary ingredient, I guess, that's missing. And, um, well, I guess looking back, that ingredient was there for me. And, and, and I kind of latched onto that, fed onto that and, 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 and just kept going at it really. So the ingredient would be discipline. Um, I think the first ingredient would be passion, really. Passion. You gotta okay. you gotta eat, breathe, and sleep trading. I mean, I was on I was on I was looking at the market so much, so there were like flashing lights, right? Red lights and green lights. Yep. And just by the flash of the lights, I could know whether the market was coming down or up, you know. So I, I reached that point. Um and and you gotta you you gotta be so passionate that you just 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 reading you're, you're 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 finding out more you're looking you're 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 experiencing you're you're getting your your hours on the screen really and then comes discipline yes mm. you know so passion i would say is what continues to drive me that inquisitiveness that curious that the curiousness to just hey i i, I want to continue to perform how do i do that yep. and i want to edge out you know i want to edge the market how do i do that so yeah passion and then discipline and I, I think that's uh, i often find that passion in every sense of the word it gets you through the door but i think from 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 what i could gather listening to you and, and listening to a lot of people share about uh their craft really um it takes a certain level of insanity that oh, to wow. actually motivate you because uh you talk about uh the, the emotional states like right like when you 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 want to make money you want to make a profit but if you lose and you keep the the, the cycle of losing there is a certain emotional turmoil that that that, that kind of bruise in you and you kind of need that I don't know that, that that certain amount of grit and rigor that I think it goes beyond passion passion only gets you through the door and I wouldn't even consider motivation I hate the word motivation because it, it's never there to, to, to help <laughs> like like when let's say you, you, you lose a couple of times and you kind of need to do it again you need to still be interested in it and I think there is a certain level of insanity. So, so would you say that over, the, let's say looking back over the past 12 years, there is a, a certain level of uh, sacrifice that people really don't see right now because uh -huh. they only see who you are today or maybe some of your friends have known, but it is it is kind of uh, like, I guess the battle scars really. Absolutely. I think um, you hit the nail on the head really. I think 
passion is what drives you to do crazy stuff. Like you mentioned, you are like in this semi-insane state where you're obsessed really, if I can, if I can put it that way. Yeah. And I, I was really, I was, I was eating, sleeping, talking, dreaming about mm. uh, the markets really and, and just... Just, just in awe and wonder of it, really. And and I think that was really what characterized my initial stage, really, the initial three to four years, five years, maybe. And I mean, to a certain degree, obviously, yes, yes, matured right now. But uh, that 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 passion that that has has, I guess, it's been more curated at this point. Yep. But you, I guess, it's still there. It's always there. It's always burning like a flame. Yep. Yeah. So absolutely. And a lot of people, as you've said, yeah, um, there's so much blood, sweat, and tears put into it at the back, you know, and um. A lot of people see just the front, of course. Uh, but as with a lot of other industries, right? It starts with that passion. You really gotta gotta see it through. You gotta be branded by fire per se, mm. you know. And it's those times, those trying times, especially, you know, that you're like, you know what? Um, I really gotta get through this, you know, and I wanna get through this. Yeah. So so absolutely. I'm very curious to know your thoughts. What do you remember more when you when you think about your your personal history of of trading? Do you remember the successes more or the failures more? Uh I think I remember each turning point. So okay, yeah, so it's like I, certain milestones along exactly. the way. Exactly, and I think there's specific milestones, and these milestones, um, well, as you said, I, I really agree. I think um, the milestones are actually always made up of challenges and then triumphs. Mm. You know, and I think those are those are particularly sweet victories per se. Yeah, and so I I think I think you have to have the lows and the highs. So um, mixture. Uh, definitely these milestones are what I, I think uh, uh, I, I, I have a vivid memory of. But each of all those milestones are made out of, first of all, a challenge, a valley, so per se, and then some form of a, of a, of a triumph. Over Would you be comfortable with sharing yeah. like, what the definition of this challenge might be? Ah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sure. So back in the day, as I mentioned, so we go back now, um, post Lehman Brothers. And okay. The first two years were really, were, were really good for me. So, well, let's put it this way. I, I made my first pot of gold and I was real proud of that. Is it a big pot or a medium <laughs> pot or a small pot? <laughs> I, I think it was a pretty big pot. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. And and what came after that was, um, obviously I gave back, I think it was like 50 or 60% of that. Wow. Yeah. And so that was the challenge. That was the, that was the trout really. Um, thank God that pot was pretty big. Yeah. So, um, well, even with 40% left, I decided, you know what, we need to chart a new course. And, um, that was when really I started to to to, to do one thing, which I, I I really am very grateful for that inspiration back then. Was that you see a lot of times people think about trading and they think about you know um big risk and and big returns, but actually what happens? Oh, can we dial it down to a point where you don't you're not risking that much, all right? And your returns obviously gets uh gets shrinks as well, yep. but it's still attractive, you know. It's a ten percent attractive. It's a twelve percent attractive. And what I came to realize, looking back, is actually, well, so called low double digit returns are actually still very very attractive, right? You know, to like the ordinary 10 folk. Ten to fifteen. Ten to twenty. Let's just 10 to let's 20. just call it. Yeah, okay. you know. And 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 something that I think I I got right was if you are able to achieve consistency in that. It could, it may be small, but if you're able to compound that over the next, well, seven years, five, seven years, now that can be extremely significant. Yep. So the ability to be consistent, all right, I think that would be, or that, that, that is the, the, the precursor, so per se, all right, to the ability to compound, right? And that was pretty much what I started to kind of invest my time in right now, post layman, was mm. that, okay, 
let's not try to be too aggressive anymore. Let's try to be some, let's try to be more consistent, less risk. And I'm very proud to say I'm still kind of doing that right now, even after, well, seven, eight years. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, well, a, a, a valley, so to say, a challenge and a triumph. And that's kind of what, what continues seemingly to work for me. Yeah. 10 to, to 20% is, so, so it's interesting because you, you mentioned a, a pot of gold, um, lost about 50 to 60% of it. So I would assume that's yes. 40% left. Um, I would imagine yes. the first, uh, initial reaction to that would be a bit of apprehension to even want to do it again. And I would imagine shifting the mindset to, to taking lesser, uh, lesser risk, uh, a lesser percentage that, is, is, is that very tasteful at that time? Like, did it take a lot of convincing internally and just a bit of trial and error to, to even want to do something like that? Because I would imagine there's a lot of allure and a lot of like internal struggle to want to win back, to, to always want to, to get back this 100% because you, quote unquote, it, it belonged to you at one point. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good point. So maybe just to be clear, um, I think at a point, what really kind of uh, inspired or or, or stimulated me to 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 do this well let's call it the slow and steady approach uh was really about the business model okay now, i realized as well that a lot of people cannot accept or stomach risk you know at least not the risk. And i'm a highly highly aggressive individual so i am extremely aggressive so just to kind of be specific um i was doing both i was trying to achieve something that was more consistent slow and steady while for myself I, I had no qualms going as high as I, well, I am used to or, 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 or even higher even. Mm. But I think that ability to, to diversify, to think differently, to think on a business, terms of a business model that worked out, that really did. And as I was, um, experiencing my own or continue to experience volatility, obviously, uh, with my own aggression and, 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 and whatever that's uh, happened post layman, I had something that was slow and steady yep. brewing in the works, yep. keeping me alive per se, yep. my bread and butter. Yep. And, and, and the ability to do both, to recognize that it doesn't always have to be chong, chong, chong. Mm. Um, I think that was, that was, that was really, Really, it was really helpful for me in my early day, earlier days. Yep. Uh, and as I mentioned, I am kind of still doing that right now. Now, however, as I mentioned, my passion is still being an aggressive individual is how do we really, you know, leverage on what's happening in the market, right? Mm. To, to, to have close to, well, double digits or maybe even triple digits kind of returns. Triple? And yeah, triple. And, 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 and that is an area where I think right now, um, uh, in individual investments, we, uh, very much interested in. I've always thought the, it caps at 100. So triple, it's 100? Yes. So triple will be in the multiples of 100. And um, well, uh, there are some strategies, some yep. systems that can get you very high, uh, higher than than, uh, than than three digits actually. Yep. So what's higher, right? Four digits, I guess. Well, over the period of what? I, obviously, you're talking about over a period of, 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 of year, uh, one to three years, let's say. Yep. You know? um, now, let me give you an example. I mean, um, if I'm not wrong, Tesla, right? The stock um, since March this year, it, it went up like 500%, you know? So that's, well, that's half of four digits, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, interesting. And and that's and that, that's in a period of four months, I guess. So we're not really actually, I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not in a, we're not in a, in a, in a, or rather it's, it's, it's happened. It's happening really as yep. we speak. Yep. So um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we, we are in such an environment right now. And I guess it really 
um, excites me, you know, to be in that kind of a, or to have that kind of potential, to, to explore that kind of potential. Um, and I'm happy to say that's where I guess uh, visual investments, uh, we, 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 we are, you know, we, we, we are exploring the potential yep. of different strategies and different systems that can uh, achieve that kind of a performance or return as well. Of course, with um, a high, high level of risk. Yep. Yeah. You talked about Tesla. So um, you say over the four months, past four months, it went up 500%. Yes. Were there downs or was was it a slow gradual climb that uh, over over the past four months it is 500% on hindsight or was it like a slow up and a down and up and a down, up and down, up and down and it gradually settles on a 500% increase? Ah, so obviously I think, um, uh, don't quote me on this, but if I can recall correctly, the pandemic sell-off, obviously, uh, I think got it as low as $300. Okay. Right now, if you look at it, if I'm not wrong, it's about 1005 So was it like slow and steady? Well, I really don't think so. I think if you just divide it up, right, uh, I guess a, a 40%, 50% month-on-month, you know, kind of increase to get yeah. where it is right now. So we are in a exceptional, exceptionally euphoric market right now, <laughs> especially in equities. Um, but hey, um, I look at my systems and I'm like, I don't think I can achieve that. <laughs> but, uh, well, we try. We try our best. So um, you, you talked about growth and it's it's interesting that you you compare it to like a never-ending journey because I've never really considered that for the, the profession of trading. I would imagine, I've always wondered what growth would look like in different professions, different industries. So could you talk a little bit about that? What does that mean uh, when you look at it maybe for the next, uh, next decade? What does that mean? Yeah, uh-huh. is it, just about money because is it do you see it as a game to be won what what do you see it as because i would imagine that it gets to a certain point where it is just a number that because you don't really you're not handling that physical cash so it just becomes a number so how do you uh. yeah how do you perceive all these things because i would imagine it's quite a lot of pots of gold being traded around like this, yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I think progression or really, you know, staying sharp really is in the method that one uses. Um, uh, so the KPI seems fairly simple in that it's just about the dollar sign really. Mm. But how do you get there? And then that's the, that's the key. Now, um, I think this would be a really good example. So I started out in terms of methodology or method, right? I started as a discretionary trader, as a manual trader. I was, I, I had a couple of, of strategies and I was deploying them uh, on the fly and, and things like that. And right now at Visual Investments, we 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 try to harness, you know, the potential of algorithms. Mm. And uh, we have a small team that is exploring the, the possibilities even of using things like machine learning. Now, um, I, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I, I really don't like you know, um, talking about all these big words. And I really place a lot of emphasis on application because there's really no point of talking about the big jargons when you really don't know how it applies to real life scenarios. Mm. And I think that is the advantage that I have in that if I, I did not start out, okay, uh, being an expert in these techniques, I started out as, well, a blooded, in that sense, trader, you know. And what we do right now at Visual Investments is not, some black box, something that we don't understand really. Mm. It's about building stage by stage, block by block, what I already know. To to put it in a bit of a technical uh, 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 term, to codify the strategies that I'm already uh, 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 applying to the market. 
And using algorithms, using using technology, using um, uh, a machine learning to 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 optimize, to improve it, to make it better, and to shed light on it uh, in areas that well, as a well discretionary trader, you you really never know. So there are things that I got really humbled by, mm. right? Um, by by just by codifying my system. An example would be something that I always thought would work best, mm. right? But when you test it out and you realize, hey. That's not true, or that's half true. And that really humbled me. And so we are at this stage right now at Vigil Investments where we are, well, kind of digitizing, kind of codifying um, our strategies. And I like to call them IPs, really. Yep. And because at the end of the day, we're the brains, right? And actually, what's of value that we're creating? Really, it's about this strategy. It's all about the strategies, this IPs that we're creating. We're trying to codify them. And we are trying to, to to validate them, to optimize them, and to automate them. And hopefully ex- be able to explore maybe even something like supervised machine learning to 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 add an additional layer. So not to take over, but mm. to add an additional applicable layer that can value add to our existing system. So it runs in tandem thoroughly. with, with the, the runs, human counterpart. Exactly. It runs alongside and it guides us, you know, it flows with us rather than take over, yep. if you know what I mean. So I think for the emphasis on application is so important. Yep. And uh, I think even in our own team, we're trying to hire people, we're trying to get people who also understand not just um, the big concepts really on how techniques like that are executed, but have real life application experience right now on applying it um, um, to 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 numbers, to sets of data, yep. um, in different fields, etc. And I guess that's really where uh, what excites me about. It. And this yep. is what I mean by progression. I guess yep. so. The the KPI stays the same, really. The methodology, really, if you think about it, right? Or the 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 the, the yeah the idea behind it kind of stays the same. Or rather, it evolves less, or yep. maybe a little bit, but the method changes, and with the methodology that changed, the method that that changes, it gives us so much more angles to look at the yep. same thing. You know, and I think I really like to. Uh, I guess that's the best I can describe where we are right now at Vigil Investments. Before I move the the conversation to talking about IP and uh, systems and strategies, I want to yeah. I want to pick your brain about why. Mm-hmm. Why do you put so much of an emphasis on the human part of it? Because I would imagine as technology progresses, there's a lot of talk about automation, about loss of jobs, that the the machine or the algorithm is ultimately, quote unquote, more reliable in some sense of the word because uh, there is no uh, there is no human element. There is no emotions. You can train it via... You can train it a lot, a lot more through through sets of different uh, programming and stuff like that, and it 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 is a bit daunting when you when you, when you look at it like that. So why do you put so much emphasis and you you put the emphasis on running in tandem? What what is it do you feel will be lacking if you s- succeed a lot of the tasks to let's say the the the, the, the programming mm-hmm. or the algorithm? Well, I think a caveat first I must say is that I I think because I started as a discretionary trader, mm. discretionary traders they know the whys. The so wise, the okay. why is why why does the market behave in this way and then they try to exploit it you know so they oh. they almost have a type of market that they really like to exploit you know and they do that over and over again I, I mean especially if you're a very successful discretionary trader I, I think because of that background I I feel sort of alien you know I, mm. I don't like I'm not comfortable with a black box now black okay. box being something that you don't know why 
you don't know how, mm. but it works. If you know what I mean. And and don't get me wrong. I think there are, are there are firms out out there and and, and industry professionals that do really well in those in those areas. It's just not my cup of tea. Gotcha. I, I I like the fact that I know, you know, uh, what w- why it works, and and how it works. Um, so that I think it's more practical in any case where it doesn't work. You know. Um, very well how to kind of troubleshoot and, and yep. fix it. Yep. Um, I, I can't imagine how you would approach that if, if in a black box where if it, if it malfunctions, if it doesn't yep. work, I, I don't even know where to begin with. Yep. So I must say, I think uh, it's also my personality, the way I started that I, I, I'm, I'm more comfortable that I need to know the why. And so when I build my system right now with a bit of a different method, trying to use a software uh, algorithms and trying to codify it from scratch, mind you, um, I am very clued in on the on the nook and crannies of every single aspect, and to me, I feel secure mm. um, as a trader, as the head trader, really, to execute such a strategy even on an automated uh, basis. So right now, we are even at a point where you are saying, you know what? If I'm comfortable enough, I know the why's in the house. You know what? I don't have to. I don't have to spend so much time and 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 sleepless nights watching the market anymore. I can well, I can automate it. Mm. And I can trust that I have gone through, you know, in the building of it, uh, um, uh, and I have I've gotten acquainted with it that much that I can allow, you know, the algorithm to run on an automated fashion. So that is, I guess, well, the caveat that is how I begun, and that's why, you know, I must know the hows and the whys. Yeah, now. yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, IP systems and strategies. So, what yes. do you mean when you say IP? Is it intellectual property? Ah. So that that means something different to me because I work in the creative industry. So ah. that means more like uh, perhaps imagery, perhaps ah. uh, text. So so what does that mean uh, in your profession? Sure. Yeah, let's let's start with that. Sure. No, I think it's very similar. Like, I mean, when you create something, create. I mean, you're in the creative industry. You create something. Well, it's your IP. It's yours. It's uniquely yours. Mm. And someone can try to copy it, but it's not an original. Yep. Right. And I think I'm applying the same idea or concept here, I guess, in that what I'm building in terms of my strategy, my systems, whether singular or well, in a combination, my systems really, it's what's of value. It's, it's the value that I provide. I really don't do anything else, really. I'm creating systems and strategies that, well, um, well, that work and that that applied to the financial yep. markets. So these become what I like to call my intellectual property, my IP. These are my right. This is this is what I've I take pride in really. Now, are they could 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 could, could a duplicate be, be copied? Yeah, sure. You know, but being the 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 author of it, being the creator of, of it, the originator of it, I think I know my systems best. This is why coming back to the same thing, I need to know the why's in the house. Because sure. I could give you the exact go and copy for all I care really because there's so many different aspects that goes into it. I really don't think success can come just by duplication really. Mm. And so these IPs are really what visual investments are all about. You know, we create this and then we partner with individuals with well with partners that you know that 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 finds value in this IPs that all these system strategies that we create and then that's where well potentially a partnership's birth. Yeah. Would you okay? Would you agree to this an, an, an analogy? So in sports, is it like a play? So you ah. have a specific, uh, let's say basketball. You have a specific formation, uh, in case I the see. enemy does this, you you shift. So you're you're like the coach. You're coming out uh different sets of plays. You are teaching the 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 players 
and you're imparting to them this, hey, if this happens, you do this. Is it something like that? Ah, well, I, I would love to build on your yeah. analogy, really. And I think what we're doing right now, literally right now at Visual Investments, uh, codifying the systems, you could really say that because, well, our IPs right now are literally a series of codes, you know, and they have all been distilled to that form. And, um, well, if you hack into my system or you hack into, 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 into my computer and, you, and, and what I'm afraid that you're going to steal is, well, that code really. Um, and, 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 uh, right now we are at that stage where, you know, we have, uh, a series of code that would, that, that would, I guess, depict our, our IPs really. And so in that sense, yes, um, the systems that are now codified right now, they do tell you, or uh, they do take you from really stage one where you are, you're identifying the market all the way down to how a position is executed, you know, to managed and then finally ex- exited, you know, and whether, whether there's a P or L at the end. Mm. So, um, so when I say an IP right now, it literally means a series of a coded algorithm that lies somewhere in my, in my <laughs> laptop, um, continually being improved. Yeah. Yeah. So you could steal version one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I hope hopefully we'll continue to to improve on that. Yeah. But uh that has uh, uh that that is really where we are right now really. Now I I must I must say that once again it's not rocket science. So a lot of times people think that if I could only get my hands on that line of code or that algorithm, you know, I I'll I'll, I'll 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 make it in the industry mm. or how to, And that was uh, I think that 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 fallacy is, is is in the minds of a lot of traders. If only I can get the next big thing. If only I could download, you know, the next, the the the, the next, you know, a uh, uh, beautiful strategy. Um, there is no there. Perfection is not possible. It's never possible. Mm. The faster, the quicker. I recognize that. You recognize that. A trader recognizes that. All right. He starts to build a practical system or model, and that's his first step to success. Really, there's no perfection. So when I have what I have with 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 the with the codes and, and, and it's a program, it's an algorithm, we run it. We, we we we're recognizing that there there are chinks in his armor as well. And we have to continually improve it. And so yeah, you know, I guess to that degree, it's not something very easily duplicated. Now you might get version one, as I mentioned, very uh, hilariously, but well, hopefully when you have done that, we are on version 12 already. So, mm. so, so, so that is what I mean by intellectual property. That's what I mean by our systems and our strategies. And I want to make it a point to say that we are constantly uh, improving and we have to, and we have to. It's very interesting that you, you brought up the analogy of uh, perfection and being practical because being from the creative industry, I think there's always the talk about getting a little software, getting the latest um. tools, uh, getting uh, the latest creative tools. But based on what you just said, it really just sounds as though... Yes, you can, you can, if, if the idea of just getting that particular version, you'll make it that there is a lot of, uh, loopholes and fallacies with that because that is just a tool. You do not have the mind behind it. You do not know how to improve upon it. That life isn't built in a way, like reality isn't built in a way where like a template thing can fit and can help you for a very long time. It may help you a little bit, but after a while, it will just fail to, 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 to serve you in that sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, um, I guess by all means, try to try to hack my computer. No, dear, I, I, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, use a VPN. Oh, you. <laughs> Sorry, can I cancel that? But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty proud because a lot of times people think that you you must be very afraid that people start you know start start 
well, there's this term called copy trading or, or copy start, trading. Yeah, starts basically duplicating whatever that you're doing, really. And I, I look at that and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's definitely a little bit of a concern, but not too much, really, because there's so much different, there's so many different angles and elements that, that go into a single system, understanding, you know, its capabilities, pros and cons, and then being able to, or uh, trying to apply it right now, you know, uh, uh, very useful, uh, very usefully into the market, really. So yeah. I want to talk about your. The, the growth of your role from a discretionary trader as I would imagine like a solo individual yes. to a managing director where you have to manage people. Yes. Did that come easy for you? Uh, and distilling all these complex ideas and understanding to your team who I imagine functions differently are all different individuals. Uh, How does that work? Tell me, tell me about it. Um, <laughs> work in progress. Again, <laughs> once again, Brandon, I, I am, um, I am a very... I I I'm I'm let me put it this way. I'm intimidated by by people managing. Give me a give me a market problem to solve any day. Interesting. And I'll pick that over managing people. Mm. Um obviously people are more complex creatures. Um and uh I, I don't really like to do that. And I I, I I I much prefer to to focus on the market. And I think one thing I must say first of all that we don't have a big team. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty of that is that, you know, we literally have a couple of individuals that work together, sometimes uh on site, sometimes off, you know, and, and, and we work together on projects and things like that. Uh, that's how it is. And I think that's really just, you know, a, a sign of our generation, really, right? You know, we don't have to be, uh, to explore a higher fire model, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really v- a vast array of different, you know, forms and formats that we could get into a partnership together. But the team, yes, a small team, um, managing people, definitely something not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I like to keep it small, I guess. And I think that's my point. My industry does not require a big team, really. And, uh, what we really need to be is in sync with one another. Now, I'm a trader at the end of the day. I'm not a coder. So I just don't want to be specific mm, yeah, about that as well. Question, yeah. And so um, we need, all, my coders need to understand me and who I am, my personality. And we need to be able to uh, con- converse both, you know, on a functional as well as, I guess, a sequential kind of a, of a, of, of a dimension. And I think when we are able to flow together, that's really when, um, magic happens, now, really, as with any team, really. But that's why keeping it small, I think, um, it is important. And I think that's the beauty of technology nowadays. Uh, once upon a time, you know, when I first started, or maybe a couple of years before I started back in 0708, well, you really need to be part of a big hedge fund or a fund or a bank to really get, you know, going at this, um, at a point in time, a Bloomberg terminal will cost you, take you back, I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars. Mm. Right now it's three. Um, right now we have open source softwares, you know, right now, you know, I mean, our, our Wi-Fi is much better than, than something, you, you know, paid in the back in the day. Barriers of entry have, have dropped so much, yeah. right? That is in a lot of people like myself and my team to thrive in a way where, the the era of big titans, us, I mean, obviously you still have the odd ones here and there, yep. but the era of big titans, I think have come and gone. And mm. what we are really looking at right now is um, how do we um, become more efficient at what we're doing? And sometimes when you're smaller, you know, you're more flexible, you're more dynamic and we could do so much really. So there's so much in terms of the industry that has changed over the past 12 years that really incentivizes people like myself to say, you know what, if I have the passion, discipline in it, Let's go for it. Let's really give it a good go. Yep. And um, yeah, so I think think that that's what really has helped me to thrive, really. Once again, coming back to this idea of barriers of entry, lowering technology and all that. Yeah. So speaking about culture and your team yes. and you having to, 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 to people manage, 
when 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 choosing individuals for a team, do you find that this particular profession attracts people of a certain type, of a certain uh, personality? Are they similar to you, and they grow along the way? And how would you, how do you communicate uh, what you want to the coder? Because I would imagine the coder will have a very very different framework if the coder is strictly uh, proficient in coding and has never really touched anything with regards to finances, financial. How do you communicate? Because miscommunication within any profession, within any big, I think it, it, it's always very, very important. Yeah. It is kind of like the one of the secondary or tertiary lifebloods of a company because mm-hmm. it's very easy to miscommunicate. It's very easy to assume something of another person if you don't clarify. And yeah, I just want to know what, what, what that's like. Sure. So, um, it's just some information. We actually just hired a, a coder. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, we call it a quantitative analyst. And um, uh, so he's been doing well, really. Uh, I think um, how I like to get, you know, get, get how, how I like, to, how I like to, to, to start the process is always to talk about why. You see, that's one thing going back. Why You need to know your system. Otherwise, where do you start? Where's your reference? And I like to reason it out with him. I like to say, this is why we do it. So I like to be guided by the wise, you know, and I think, I think that really helps. That helps him to understand uh, that if what I'm trying to code, if I cannot find whatever Sharon is trying to trying to trying to trying to tell me, I'm then guided by the the, the logic, you know, the logic behind it, you know. And I think I, like to, I always like to start from there, you know. So if we're in this market condition, right, this is the reason why you know we are trying to go for it. You know, we're going to be adventurous. We're going to be av- ambitious because we think that the market's going to trend. You mm. know, and then he's like, okay, so what you're trying to say here is that you're 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 giving you you're, you're trying to push it, right? Absolutely, you know. And so you know, when we start coding, you know, there, there's that allowance, there's that framework that I think he 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 goes on, you know, guided by the wise. You know, obviously we have. Uh, our templates are protocols as well. You know, we create our sequential and functional uh, logic before we start the project and all that kind of thing. Um, but really, I I think one thing that really makes sense to me is always understanding the whys. And and it's not rocket science, really. It's 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 very logical. Mm. Yeah, and I, I I like to start from there. And I think that helps us communicate or understand and get each other better. Yeah. What about the personality types of the different traders in your team? Are uh, they similar to you in any regards? Did okay. they go through the same uh, trial by fires as you? Sure. Or I would assume they all come from different backgrounds, right? Like, okay. really, yeah. So I think this would be a good time to share. Like, um, you might be uh, 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 surprised that. Yeah. So my team actually right now consists of three people, including right? so, including myself. What? So yes, uh, it's not a big team at all. <laughs> Now I'm the trader. I'm the only trader. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm the head chef. Yeah. Don't need another head chef. Yeah. I need coders. Mm. In fact, if I'm going to hire somebody else again, uh, it'll probably be the same role. Um, another coder yep. or another corn analyst. And I have a business partner as well. And he takes care of all the miscellaneous, the business side yep. of it and yep. things like that so that I can concentrate to work with the coders, to work with the corn analyst and to do uh, what we do. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so literally a small team right now, very small team. <laughs> and I think my point is I don't need another trader because um uh uh it doesn't make the job easy in that sense of the word, right? Exactly, right? Okay. So we need more we need more systems, we need to build more systems, right? And I think with the with the coders, you're actually able to cover a lot of ground already. Mm. Now what extra value does another trader bring in? Um 
Well, let me, let me put it this way. I I don't see that value at this point in time, I yep. guess. Yeah, and um, working with me and me alone enables my, my understanding, my thought process, my personality to truly shine. And while that is... Well, a very big part, I guess, of the equation as well. Someone needs to take charge, needs to take the lead. And in this case, I think too many cooks spoil the broth, really. That yeah. that really brings, you know, that, that really takes I imagine having you as the only trader, it flows a lot faster as well. Absolutely. And I guess um, we're not in a stage where, you know, we're big enough to have so many, you know, traders. What, what variable would have to change where you would see the need for more traders? I'm just uh, personally curious, yeah. So I think at the start, I was thinking, hey, you know what? I should hire more traders, give mm. them some capital each and assuming that they all know how to trade on their own. Now, what I realized is that I, I, in my own experience, have, have many different strategies that I would love to get f- functional. And the ability for the, to hire a coder to code all of them and test all of them actually takes over the role of a trader for me right now. So, well, if I hire a trader, I'm assuming that A, he, he, he functions well, he, he, he trades well. Yep based on a certain personality. But right now with the coder, I can I can I can try to code something, you know, that that replicates or or, or replaces like a this trading trader. pattern. So let example, right? Okay. So if I hire a trader that trades in, let's say the SP five hundred and he trades, he loves to trade in I don't know, like a mean reversion pattern or a more consolidative, more range bound market, I could actually explore the same strategy with the coder right now. And and build a model, you know, and that if that essentially well replaces, you yep. know, the trader. Now, of course, this is assuming I can find a trader that's as good as that, and, and good. <laughs> I mean, it's really good at that as yeah. well, which is actually the, the most difficult part. So I can hire a quant, uh, hiring a trader, you know, with experience and as well as um, I guess the ability to to do that very hard. Yeah. It's difficult because people want to do it themselves. I think it's just because there's there's so few profitable traders around and, and those that do are working That's for really big banks and, <laughs> and big big funds and the industry is very very it's 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 very tight lip actually I think and very very bit more big more discreet. So what you see is a lot of us we don't like to to, to make too much of, of of noise really. So so you have a lot of people like me managing money for high net worths right now. They could go up to anywhere from 20 to 50 mil, wow. which is a small amount for the industry, but really big for a couple of individuals, if you think about it. Very comfortable. And these guys hate to be known, right? They, they don't really like to be known, obviously, unless you're running your own hedge fund somewhere. Um, so so that's that's my industry, I guess. And 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 when we talk about specific traders, you know, it's a bit difficult to find. At least that's what I think. Very interesting. Um, I like to Shift the topic. Um, I would like to talk about philosophy. Um, awesome. S- specifically, how you view money. Uh, Has that changed along the way? Like, uh, could you remember what were your philosophy on money in every sense of the word? Has it changed from, let's say, when you were 19 to now 33? Uh, <laughs> 25, really. <laughs> 33, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I must say, and I will say, and I will, I will, I will, I'm very glad to say that um, I think my view of money is very much shaped by my faith, really. Mm. And it started out that way as well. Um, well, what got me into this industry was really um, the generous act of an individual that, uh, well, he he sacrificially gave, you know, to situations where myself and my family found uh, to be challenging, you mm. know. And I got very inspired by that. And that really challenged my thought of what money really is, as well as what I want to do, I guess. And here I am, to obviously, to... Um, 
money is a lot of things, but it's not the thing. I, I really don't think it's it's the end. It's it's the journey, it's 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 the means to an end, but you got to understand what the end is. Because if you don't, and I give this analogy, I think you're you're like kind of floating in a bit of like a black hole. Okay. You know, it's very nice to float, you know, the feeling, but you're never getting anywhere, really. Mm. And you're always enjoying the same state. And that's what I think money does. You know, you could do a lot of things with it. Um, you could really gratify a lot of your desires and stuff like and that's great, you know. Um, you know, be 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 a blessing to your family and all that kind of thing. But to me, I think I feel that there must be an end. There must be there must be a goal. And if you think about it, we are at a really a very crucial point. Um, well, I guess uh, politically, socially speaking, where inequality is rising, right? Yes. And I guess conversations like this are getting more and more, you know, pushed to the forefront. You know, and and people are finding it more obvious, right? Um, right now, the top one percent in the world owns much more than really the, the the bottom ninety nine. You know, what is the end really? And is and obviously, I guess if you really go down the conversation, you get into things like capitalism, democracy, and things like that. But at the crux, right? I think going back a couple of steps, right? It's really how do we how do we view money, right? And what is the end? You know, I think if we get that wrong, I think the world will be a, a miserable place. Yeah. Really. So. Yeah. Taking into assumption that the end, this quote unquote end changes as, as, as you grow up and as, as, as the, the, the journey of you progresses, what, what would you say would be the end for you right now? Uh, well, I like to quote Spider-Man, I guess, in this case. Which and and, and Tobey Maguire. Ex- yeah, Andrew and it sounds Garfield. cheesy, right? But <laughs> well, what I firmly believe really, obviously um, shaped, up, uh, shaped by my faith as well, with great power comes great responsibility. And I think you would only be able to or you'll be able to unleash the true potential when you look beyond yourself really and you realize that money can do that money can really do that now i'm not saying in bombastic ways in fact there are very very little ways where money can make a lot of difference you know think about that you know things think about the, the beyond the five c's think beyond yourself think of beyond about the business model really and where money can really be put to good use you know and i think that's really what i like to challenge myself with you know at the end of the day really um Maybe I can retire at 36. Maybe I'll retire, you know, early. But what's what's the end really? That's not the end. That's that's please, if that's the end, that's miserable. That's a very miserable end. Uh, obviously, it'd be good for myself and my family, but really is that it? I I, I shudder to, to 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 think that, you know, if 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 in this case and in and according to my faith, right, that God has given me this ability to 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 do this. And yet, I only unlocked one percent of its capability at the end of my life. I shudder to think, you know, uh, how I would feel if if I realized that that's 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 all that it, that I've done. So I guess I'm on a journey um, in that. What's the end as well? Um, and I'm trying to 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 move um, one step at a time. Yep. And and trying to 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 explore more, but um, always reminding myself that that that, that whatever I can do. And I hopefully I will achieve. Uh, it's, 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 there's a bigger purpose to that. Yeah. And not to focus on the means really, uh, 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 but focus on, on what, it, what, what, what it can achieve at the end and where it can really be uh, a seed that's multiplied in a hundred folds. So, I, I mean, once again, I don't have all the answers, but I'm very inspired and challenged by that notion, that idea. Yeah. I think no one should have all the answers exactly. because. If you think about it in that sense, then 
there will be no, uh, you won't make mistakes because you have all the answers. Exactly. You won't make mistakes. You won't make mistakes. You won't learn. Exactly. If you won't, you won't learn, there will be no this up and down thing that we talked about. If there's no exactly. up and down, then if everything is, is a stalemate, then that I would imagine could get really boring really fast. Exactly. You know, and I, I think we need to ride the boat really. Um, as painful as it might be, yeah, it's turbulent, really. people needs to stand up and and I guess just just do the right thing. Do do the thing that that goes beyond, you know, self preservation, really. Um, and and I mean, uh, I, I'm very, I'm very, I'm, I mean, I'm very happy. I mean, you could see people like Bill Gates that are so he should he deserves a Nobel Prize, right? I mean, you you see people like Warren Buffett who's in my industry giving away you know portions of his wealth in the billions, you know. I think we need we need to have more people like that. Um, look at Bill Gates. I think he is really an inspiration. Really, I mean, he's conquered his own industry. And <laughs> yeah, he's trying to conquer something else. Yeah, what drives him is definitely not the money, so per se, but you know, something else. And yeah, I hope that you know, um, in 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 the little way, you know, I could I could I could I could kind of step in in, in the same kind of light, you know, and 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 and, and do that as well. I'm very curious to know if there yeah. are any particular social causes that you feel strongly for. Uh, and you feel the need to 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 help, be it uh from from your own personal journey growing up, you want to give back to the community because I think there's been a lot of talk these days about uh social causes, and as you talked about the wealth inequality, I think recently I think Jeff Bezos just hit like a trillion or something. Yeah, like, like in terms Tell of wealth, it. and I, I oftentimes wonder if a should anyone really be that rich? I mean, <laughs> can you even spend? A trillion. <laughs> Secondly, is do you think you get to a certain point? I think there there is there is this old study where it says that you get to a certain point of wealth and everything is just diminishes from there, like the like the level or the the level of satisfaction you get from it. And I guess C would be, do you think that you get to a level of wealth that you need to 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 just giving to just start giving back? Because what's the point, as you said? Mm. Yeah, like wow. chasing the wealth will only get you to a certain point in, in life and you realize that, hey, there's so much more apart from this 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 chase. Yeah. I guess I just want to make a special, I guess, reference or note in that I think wealth could be the thing, but it could be a side effect as well. It could be maybe, you know, in that sense, a positive consequence of what he's doing so fantastically well. And and I don't want, yeah, I I, I think we got we just gotta we just gotta know that there's there's this both that this both dynamic at play. Mm. Um, maybe the, and to get to your question, um, I like to think about things in this way. Um, I think the idea to to do more is a hard issue, and we need to get to that. We need to have a hard solution for hard issue. So hard as in H E A R T, mm. you know. And so we need to get people believing in that, you know, to 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 know that hey. There's something more that can be done. And how I like to look at it is I don't have a particular I mean, I I could I could easily say, oh, I, I like to give um, I would love to be able to do more for this part of society or the underprivileged and the poor, etc. And I do. But what I think above all else, and I, I would love to challenge myself and hope that others will get inspired too as well, is just to give and 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 to to have that as a heart condition mm. as as a mindset really you know that when there is a need um when there's a need regardless of of wherever for those of us who can give more give more 
those of us who give time, give time. Both those of us who give less, give give whatever that we can. But just the ability to say, you know what? I think there are more areas to do uh, than than I can think. And 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 that breaks, I guess, the mentality of um, trying to have more possession. I guess, mm. yeah. And well, that's certainly something I hope I can continue to challenge myself in. And uh, it's not easy, of course, but. The ability to say, you know what, I think there's so many areas to give, um, and we should just we, sh- we should just do less talk, more do, and wherever it is, really, I think you will find such a blessing, you know, to 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 give and and such an inspiration to do that. And as I mentioned, giving really doesn't have to be monetary, right? It has mm. to. It can be in many forms. Just that I guess in my industry, it's quite evident that obviously we 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 need to do more in terms of monetary giving, I guess. And and if we could follow in the steps of people like Bill Gates a lot more, I think the world would be a better place. I would imagine giving, as you said, I would, okay. I would imagine giving and wealth in these two these two terminologies terminologies. It it means more than money. It could just be like if, if someone is is going through something, just talking or being there. I mean exactly. that, that that is a form of giving your time. I think time and attention is it, it is a form of giving as well. I don't. I feel it. Like, okay. So so what is your idea of wealth now? Ah, yeah. Okay, and I want to make a special shout out. I'm gonna give a special shout out, I guess. You know that to Jesus. <laughs> um, well, you, 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 you did that, not me. <laughs> okay, awesome though. I, 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 I want to give a special mention. I mean, we're living in a in, in Singapore, a very affluent, you know, society, and yes, giving is could be a lot of different things. But I want to put a special attention to. There's so many of us that we can do a lot more giving in terms, uh, I guess, monetarily. Right. Um, but of course, you know, there's a lot of things that we choose to, I guess, possess, you know, and I think if we have a bit of a mind shift, it's possible to say, you know what? I think there's so much more that I can give monetarily. So I guess I just want to make a point, first of all, that yes, giving is in all sorts of ways. And I get very inspired, right? Yeah. By others who find their own niche, you know, in that this is what my gift is and I'm giving in this way. You know, um, and, 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 and I, I know a friend, a common friend of us, of ours that loves to paint and mm. she's doing so much in that area. And, and there's so much giving in that gift that she's had, that she has. And that's, that amazes me. That, that, that really amazes me. And so, uh, but coming back to this is I think there's monetarily as, as a society in Singapore, well, we can do so much more, really. We can do much, much more, really. And and maybe that's a good starting point. Yeah. Um, going back to the the idea of wealth, what would your definition be of it right now? Wow. What does it look like? Uh, wow. I think, I think wealth is about a step at a time, knowing what the end is. Okay. Um. Uh. Whatever that I, I guess whatever, whatever whatever gifting that you have, whatever calling that you have, whatever you're doing right now. Do you know the end? Do you know what's at the end for you? Do you know what is the end of this career for you? What is the end of this for you? And I think if you don't know, it's a bit of a pity actually. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us get very caught up. So what is wealth really, right? Wealth to me, I guess it's a state of abundance, but abundance of what? And I think that's the question. Oh, I don't, once again, I don't have all the answers, right? But I'm also finding out, you know, what do I want to have an abundance of? Now, I hope I have a lot of money. I do. Uh, and that's, well, as I mentioned, my only KPI really. But is that all? Is that what I really want at the end? Uh, well, I guess that's, I'm pretty sure the answer is no. I think I want something else. 
I want to do something else. I want to have something else. I want to accumulate something else. So I think wealth to me right now uh, is about knowing well, st- one step at a time what what I want at the end. Interesting. You know, and, and I'm still on that journey. One, once again, one step at a time. But after 12 years, I think I've I've just a slightly clearer picture. Yeah. I'll check back in three then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, sometimes, okay, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you feel mm. that, uh, so, so Singapore is very wealthy. It's, it's gotten to a point within a, a very short amount of time to, to this certain level of wealth and affluence that has afforded a lot of citizens in Singapore a certain amount of privilege uh, mm. to, to even right now consider about more, I guess, more, how would I say it? Intrinsic and, I guess, artistic sensibilities that we do not have to worry about surviving. I mm. think s- s- the, 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 the phases of surviving is kind of born by our parents mm. and our grandparents that they're very pragmatic. So to, to me, growing up in Singapore, I think pragmatism has, it's kind of like one of uh, the, 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 the invisible governing laws, really. Like even back, uh, moving forward to tertiary, people encourage you to take something more pragmatic. They don't use the word pragmatic. They say you want to be something that can make money and stuff like that. So I think what, what are your thoughts right now on money, pragmatism, and I just living the, the being, being in Singapore. Yeah. Wow. Money and pragmatism. The irony is that in my industry, you really need both to to thrive: money mm. and pragmatism. Yeah. Pragmatism is, is is it being logical in your industry? Yeah, being realistic, being pragmatic about things, being logical, yeah. being I don't know, realistic, being just in touch with reality, really. <laughs> you know, and and to that degree, you, you you have to be creative in a sort of a very twisted way, but you got to be grounded, you know, that's my industry and you got to know what works and what doesn't, you know. I'm probably like the least qualified person to answer that because in my industry, you get so grounded, so realistic that you do throw out what people, I guess, define as creative, you know, and, and tertiary really. And, and Interesting. Um, yeah, and so, well, honestly, I think I, I, I'm so obsessed about what I do and, 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 and very much in step with what I do that I, I do not I in in the in that sense of the word, I I do not dwell too much in the creative really. And 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 thus maybe I find it or I find it a bit of a struggle to answer that question. But once again, I think we are an absolutely blessed generation. We have uh gone beyond comfort. We are at a a cruising level, really, yep. where I think once again, going back is whatever gift that we have, whether pragmatic, creative, how do we give back? How do we do more? How do we find, once again, going back, you know, to that, that, that end that, 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 that makes sense, you know, that, that, that justifies why we're given these gifts in the first place, you know, um, which I think kind of tr- transcends whether you're, you know, in whatever industry, whatever, you know, it, it's, it's, it applies really, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, assuming that creativity is just about perspective, mm. you mentioned that you don't feel very creative in what you do. But <laughs> I, I guess from my perspective, I think it's pretty creative. I think, <laughs> I, I think the way you 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 frame uh, certain concepts, I think the way that you talk uh, symbolically about the, your profession, and stuff, I think that's pretty creative. And the way you view it, so uh, assuming it's just about perspective. Yes, I think it's pretty creative. I see. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's good to think that way. <laughs> mm. 
when when talking about trading and mm. when talking about investing, yes. to me, it has always seemed as something very daunting because mm. uh, for lack of knowledge, like I guess public knowledge, it feels like a very uh, far away thing. Mm. But ha- having been been a trader, having in, in your profession, do you think it's something that more people should do? Um. Like because it always seems to me that you will need to have capital. You need to have a large amount of capital uh, to, to do it. But what are your thoughts on uh, investing for someone who might not have that capital to, to start with? What mm. yeah, what are your general thoughts on that? Yeah. Maybe first I want to make mention that I think there are a lot of concepts, a lot of things that we do as traders that are very vital to one's understanding of a trade or investment. Very, very something very simple or concepts are very simple um, but I think we've made or the financial industry have made this idea of finance so complicated and complex that it's really very hard for people to understand and I always tell people that at the end of the day there's so many different products but there are only that many markets so what do you mean by that? so when we say markets and I talk about like root markets you know so everyone's got to get invested in a market. So you could talk about the Forex market, equity markets, bond markets. And and there's probably like five really, you know, but you have a ton of products that does a mixture, you know, diversify. Yeah, all the buzzwords. (laughs) And with all the big names really, you know, unit trusts and all this kind of thing. These are just, these are products, but you got to dig deeper and what are they really getting for you? And that's something I realized that I think most the most retail investors don't really care or they don't really understand. Um, we really gotta understand what kind of markets, right, that these products are getting involved in. And I think that's really where um I guess something is unlocked, you know, for 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 us as investors. And um I I, I think when when we when we trade, we have to be laser focused. We have to be very driven by that few KPIs or that that KPI and that few principles that ultimately you know how what works and what doesn't and and it's a very simple concept it's not rocket science as I mentioned and even things like when you put your money to work what is its potential return to risk and people don't understand people exactly understand. and I have this thought that you know a lot of times it's not about the return on investment your ROI per se it's a lot of times about what we call refresh rate. Like how long does it? How long are you willing to to put it over there and 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 and, and put it to work really? And a lot of times, I think people don't understand the concept. And and a classic example would be: so if you invest in something and you're like, and it's not doing well, what do you do? Now most people forget about it, mm. and they hope that it kind of re, it does better for them in five ten years. Yep. And then in five ten years, it gets back to parity for them, and they're so happy. What have you lost? Now you have not you've not lost anything in terms of performance grade, but you've lost five years. That time is the most precious, you know, uh, 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 unit. It's not really profit, really, and I think that's really what got me attracted to trading, really, because I'll refresh rate. You you know, you know quickly whether something is worth hanging on mm. or not, and by moving on, you. You you get to greener pastures. You get to you get to a new opportunity, and you make that work for you. And we mentioned about people who don't have much capital. Even more, we need to understand this i this 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 concepts, because I mean, for the wealthy, they can hold it for five ten years. No 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 issue, right? Yep. 
but every thousand dollar matters for the ordinary Joe, you know. Yeah. And how do we how do we make it more productive, more efficient? Uh, and in my in my journey, I realized as well that the people who saves and if you have fifty grand, a hundred grand with you, now you may have a lower paying job, but if you put it to good use, you actually can turn out better, right? Then, uh, well, s- someone similar that is earning maybe double your pay, really, but spends everything really mm. or, or saves very little. Cash is king. Capital is king. And if you can do something effective, efficient with it, all the more better. You can age out, well, financially in that sense, over over time, really, you know. And so, so these are concepts. That I think um, even more the ordinary Joe who has less needs to understand and to put it to good use. Um, and there are a lot of one hundred ones that don't work right now. I what repeat. Is so there's a lot of econs one hundred ones, right? that may not work as effectively anymore. It may have worked very well for our parents' generation mm. in the 1970s and 80s, but we are fast approaching a market that is very, very different, very, very volatile, very random, more chaotic. How do you thrive? How do you continue to have discipline in a market environment like this? How do you how do you make sense of a stock that goes up 500% in the past four months? And how do you find value now, we have thought how to find value in terms of looking at, I guess, what book value, looking at intrinsic value, looking at, you know, PE ratios and all that. Now, right now, the, the, these, these, these matrix are so ridiculous that do you really, is there really any value in them? I, 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 I struggle to, to, to feel or to know how to put that into good use. Interesting. Yeah. So, so really coming back, I think, um, even more, the average draw really needs to know what matters and focus on what matters what? in this whole mer- merit of, of a, a complex web of financial products yeah. and that kind of a thing. Understand what works. When you say what matters and what works, what do you mean the, 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 the financial products or what matters to the individual ultimately? Uh, what, what do you mean by let's, that? Yeah, let's get specific. I think what I mean or what I'm referring to is what matters when we are talking about capital gains like how do you grow your capital capital growth what really matters so a lot of us i think or i think it can be distilled in, in really two or three very simple things number one is find something that has a higher payout you know than your risk and just on this concept alone you realize a lot of retail investors fail at that higher payout so what can you means, break it down somewhere sure, yeah. what that really means is just that invest in something that has a higher growth potential than the risk that you're taking so if you're willing to take a 20 percent risk on this stock, please make sure okay, that it has a potential to grow multiple times of a 20% of the risk that you're mm. taking. Now, obviously, there are ways to calculate that and there are ways to get into something like that that makes or gives you better odds, let's say. But the point here is be focused on that. A lot of us, though, we are very excited and we get very, um, we get very, I guess, uh, uh, focused on how to make a quick penny. Yes. How to get 100 bucks, really. And we get very excited when we make a hundred bucks and you realize that you're risking 20 grand to get a hundred bucks and you will reach a stage where you realize that, you know, you're now down 10 grand. Mm. All right. And you're like, I don't want to look at this anymore. Mm. You know, and your 20 grand, it's going to be stuck there for the next five, 10 years. And well, let's not even get there. So my point here is even a very simple thing. The first thing, do you have, you know, a way to, to kind of very simply in, Put your money to use in 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 things that 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 will have a hype. So that is exactly these are concepts that we that we do on a trading level. When we put our our capital to use, we 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 jolly well make sure that we are trying 
to potentially return something that are multiples of the risk that we are taking, you yep. know? And that makes sense. If I put a dollar down, hey, I, I want two back, you know? I want three back. Could you get Five me 15? Even. 15, now, <laughs> wow. Great. And so there are specific opportunities mm. in the market that can get you those 15s. And that is what I have been doing. I've been very focused on the past 12 years. Now, they don't come very often, but when they do, it's it's make a break moment, you know, and and you go fishing, right? You know, when the tide comes in, you 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 just throw it out. You throw your 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 hook, and 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 the fish will get you. You catch something, you know. So there, there, these are things that I think we need to think about more. Obviously, um, uh, I guess it's not so straightforward, but it's simple principles, you know, like this, you know, that 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 matters, and 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 I think. The average Joe, the retail investor, needs to think, needs to shape their thinking in such a way, right, to 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 be able to be more effective in this very simple objective of what we call capital growth or capital gain. Yeah. Do you think that it would take a shift in perspective of how they view finances? That's not as daunting that so Th- th- that is a thought. And I guess in an ideal society, or not even ideal in would you encourage more people to to research more into to this ah. and to take up investing as a I won't say a hobby, but to be more in charge of of what they want to invest or what they want to where they want to put their money in? Absolutely, you know I think that you need to you need to be able to accumulate or you need, you need to grow in wisdom, and and the only way to do that is to experience life, to to do it, and 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 to exalt more knowledge. And right now we live in a time, I guess, where knowledge is so free, but it's really about getting the right thing. You know, how do you convert knowledge into wisdom? That's the challenge of our generation, really. We are all pumped up with knowledge. We have no wisdom, you know, and that, that unfortunately without wisdom, I, I think very much of that knowledge is wasted. You can't, you can't get to the application stage, the execution stage, you know, and that's very much what we do. Now we're very much, uh, in fact, we, 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 we throw out knowledge, really. I don't care about that when we're dealing with, you know, training strategies and building them. We need to know what works. We need wisdom. Wisdom to me is what works, you know, in, in a real pragmatic, realistic setting. You know, we need to know how to apply that to better or to achieve our goals, you know. And I think that's what a lot of us need to do with the abundance of knowledge. How do we turn that into wisdom that is applicable to our lives and our context? And in this case, in this context of achieving capital growth, we need to, we need to know, we need to accumulate more knowledge, understand the why. So I want to go back. And the whys are universal principles, really. So once mm. again, they're not hard to understand. But once you, you you understand the why, it's almost like a light bulb moment. And then, you know, the hows become more, more, more approachable. You know, it becomes more understandable. And I, that's how I guess I like to picture it because that's how I've journeyed in my own, you know, journey as well. That that's that's how it has been for me. It's not rocket science going back to that. It really is just tedious, right? But, you know, if you can kind of unlock that, I think you'll be a very fruitful and productive time turning that knowledge into wisdom, as I like to call it. Are there certain basic principles that you would always adhere to? Like basic fundamental principles when you look at something, maybe it is very intuitive to you now, but can you remember a time where, let's say there's like basic one, two, three that you always look at to see whether you ascertain whether it's a good thing to even want to spend your time or attention on? Uh, yeah, yeah. So one thing I learned about my industry, once I'm going back, going to the exact same thing is about what is this potential? What, 
what How is do you quantify multi- potential? Then? Yeah, so in my industry, we quantify as what is your return potential? So we quantify in units really, or a ratio, right? So example, um, i give you an example. So this is a real example. Now, if you shorted the Australian dollar back in March, right? Okay. Now the Australian dollar dropped a hundred, a thousand pips. Now, oh, your, wow. your, your, your ROI would have been almost about 15 to, to, to 20 times. Right, so it ha- it, ha- it happened in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It happened in 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 the March pandemic. Um, um, the Australian dollar is very much correlated to well, what I like to call global risk. But my point here is very simple: that that is how, in my industry, we quantify potential. How much return? How much return potential specifically is a given opportunity? And I think going back to the idea of of what is the end goal, you know, it's the same thing. How do we? What what what? What sort of multiplication effect, right? Uh, do I have if I invest my time and effort into it? So it sounds boring. It sounds very quantitative. It sounds very, I don't know, numerical kind of a thing. Yeah. And and our things maybe cannot be measured in that form. Um, but well, intrinsic or extrinsic, really, is that such a word? My point is, um, I guess I, I in my industry, I'm trained to think that way. Uh, it works well in finance, of course, and in life as well. I think. It's a good perspective, you know. Um, when I invest in something, I I I I like to see that there's a potential for it to really grow, and obviously the time element plays a part as well. Mm. Really, but yeah, I guess that's how I'm shaped to think about what is this potential return. Well, for for layman, what is this ROI really? You know, I'm definitely trained to think that way when it comes to trading, lah. Yeah. So is it more of an active investing that you're talking instead of a passive? Ah. I like the yeah. word that you use, um, definitely. So mm. one of the ways I like to introduce um, uh, what I'm doing and try to package it, first of all, in the context of, I guess, the industry is, I like to say that I am an active, uh, my, f- my, my, my trading style is, and the funds that I manage is an actively managed approach. And I like to also talk about, it is classified as something called an alternative investment. Yeah, so we have mainstream alternative. Interesting. Exactly. So alternative, I guess, you know, you are either involved in more esoteric kind of investment products, which I'm not really esoteric, or I've never heard those two words before. Maybe like coffee beans in Ethiopia. I I don't know, something (laughs) like that. Um or you 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 employ more 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 dynamic, a more more unheard of, more 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 unseen of kind of our techniques, right? Uh, to make a profit. And one of the ways, as I mentioned, is, is to short the market, you know, actually something that's, I mean, people have been doing this for a long time, but the concept of that, you know, is still quite foreign for some, for some retail investors. But we can do that. And we can do that very, very easily. Example with the foreign exchange market. If you take a position to, to go short the Australian dollar, you're going to profit during the March pandemic. First, it's quite a simple concept, really. And you want it to drop. You want the price to continue to drop. So um, alternative investments is something I like to use as well as, as active. Now, obviously, we're active. We're in and out within sometimes intraday, sometimes um, short to midterm, couple of days, sometimes weeks, but very rarely. So Rarely? Interesting. Yeah, so, so we are very much... Well, we're not high frequency. We're not the kind of people or traders that that, that do a thousand trades in a second. And, and you have those. We're somewhere in between. You know, we're not those investors that hold something and tries to convince you for the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Well, we hold for maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of hours. And we do, we do hold for a couple of weeks sometimes, but rarely. So that's where we are really. That's our niche. That's where we find, that suits my personality. Yep. That's, that's where I find 
I guess, uh, most effective. Yeah. yeah. So assuming that, because um, I think prior to this conversation, my idea of investing, I think it's part of the old paradigm as you talked about passive, uh, buying something off of, I mean, yes. everybody knows the concept of buying low and selling. I mean, that is yes. very logical. Yes. Like you buy something and when it appreciates you, you sell it. I mean, that's, so assuming... How how do I make the transition then to to taking charge of this uh, to, to to as you say being in, in, independent in uh in, in this realm or this not even a profession but this realm of investing what resources what media uh what what resources what media what what videos or what books would you would you point someone in the direction you know I mean this is a very good point um but first let, let me just address one thing and I think it's very important I think we are forced to look at investment in a more active form, really. I think because we live in a very different time. I mm. think right now markets are a lot more volatile, a lot more unpredictable. If if I can I can I can I can say something controversial, I think the old buy and hold method may not work as effectively anymore. Mm. More importantly is do we have the guts to do the buy and hold method. So a lot of times people think, oh, you are actively managing, oh, you know, you must have lots of guts, you know, to do that. Now I think it's it takes more guts to buy and hold right Interesting. now. Interesting. When you when you when back in March you could see 30%, 40% drop, you know, in in, in stocks, right? Uh, in a matter of weeks. That's shocking, weeks. right? That is shocking. And just in case we think it's, it happens once in a lifetime, it happened 10, 12 years ago. Mm. Are we are we are we entering a season? Uh, where where we we we're going to see more of such such things, and I I I think so. I think it's inevitable. Mm. Our governments, our policies, and and this the 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 take the easy road out of politics. You know that politics is doing right now, and our central banks is going to lead to more problems in the future, not less. Mm. You know, um, uh, we have social problems, we have political issues, but on the economic financial front we are building up something that is incredibly unsustainable and our financial markets will be the first uh, well, area that cracks really. And we will see more cracks. Yeah. We were going to see more tremors and I think we're going to see more Richter scale kind of nine kind of earthquakes really. Oh dear. <laughs> and how does one buy and hold during that period of time? Uh, as I said, it's not impossible, but I think it takes more guts. As we mentioned, actually sometimes the key word here is discipline. You know, if your portfolio is dropping 60%, oh, that's <laughs> could you say buy and hold? I don't know. Mm. I, I, I don't think I have that kind of guts. So my point is, I think we are pushed in our generation to think of things more actively. Now take a look at what's happening in the US right now. Right, You have very fast, very fascinating case. You have a, a very popular brokerage called Robinhood. Um, mm, yes. Um, and you have millennials, right? Uh, led by a very interesting fella, right? Um, who are taking the checks that they get from the government yep. and putting into trading accounts and pumping up stocks trading. Now that is a bit of a a, a bad example, but we are forced to think that way to do that just because of where what where the market is right, the economy yep. is right now, and I think that it can be done. We can think of it. And we can think of it in a cons or it can lead to a consistent outcome, but 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 we need to put more time and effort in it. We need to put more knowledge in. We need to think about it more. And that's my industry really. So a lot of people think right yeah, that you know active management is something that you it's always on the fringe, you know, kind of thing. And mm. and 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 well, um, alternative investments, right? Nah, let's stick to the mainstream. My point is, I think we are forced to think of the alternative or the active because the mainstream don't work any longer. Mm. And I think that's the problem of our generation. Um, we need to start thinking: what happens if the market crashes again, 
and and is 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 what happens to our CPF? What happens to 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 to, to GIC to to, to, to Masik, Really, yeah. what happens to the funds in there? What happens to a lot of different things? Really, yeah. and that's 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 our challenge in our generation. And so, really, we're forced to do that, you know. And that is where I thrive. Hopefully, I and I might, I'm in and 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 I I think I might be able to you know provide some some solutions in that sense. And I think actively manage a uh, 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 approach can be a a a a a um a good and profitable approach uh for the meat to long term if we have our goal set right yep. and if we do it in 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 a, in a in a consistent in a well thought out manner and so that's really what I think you know um of the active it's not intimidating really and I think it's getting more and more necessary in fact yeah so. We are both part of the Google generation. What I mean by that is whenever we have a problem, we go to Google. So <laughs> it's very interesting you brought up that, that example in America where you get uh, people who feel the need to invest because whatever they see and people tell them, oh, you need to diverse, all these buzzwords, like basically diversifying your income, passive income. And the, the example you mentioned is people uh, getting their, their, their checks and putting into this uh investment app called Robinhood, right? Yeah. So I think my, my, my question is, how do you sift out what is good information and bad information? How, because um, re- probably not recently, but passive income and the need to, to want to earn passive income, I, I believe you're on Instagram, I believe you're on Google, you get targeted ads like this saying, hey, do I earn passive income? Uh, look at my success, look at the people attending. Conversely, what you you... Yeah, like how 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 do you sift out good information? What defines good information? Are there certain sites? Are there certain books that you always go to fundamentally? Hey, this is good information. Understand it, build upon it. Yeah, you know that's a very good question, and I think we're bombarded with so much information, so much knowledge. It's it's hard. It's it's genuinely hard. I I think what I found useful in my own journey is always understand the whys. You know, start with the whys. And you and, and and then you you kind of logically go to the universal principles and and a lot of us like to get get complicated get get you know these complicated conversations and complicated theories and all that and you realize there are universal universal principles out there that works now for example uh, in, in in what I do I find that even that 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 even in the training strategies that we apply uh, it's extremely similar. To, 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 to the principles that, 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 uh, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, uses to invest. So even though we're in a completely kind of different, he's investing and I'm trading, the concepts that we use, so two very particular concepts of book value and intrinsic value, it's a lot, it's something that we, we latch on, you know, and, and, and we're still using it today, you know, and these are universal principles that will work. So find out these universal principles and, to do that, you need to ask the whys. You, we need to be more inquisitive on the whys and not the hows because the hows can be Googled. Google, try to find out more about why it works and, 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 the, and the universal principle behind it. Be driven by the whys. You know, and I think that will, that will lead you to the right place. In this case, universal principles that I think will help us, you know, to formulate and make sense of that vast array of information that we have. As a jump off, when you say why, so let's say we're talking about Tesla, for example. Yes. Would, would an appropriate frame of, of approaching something like this be why is it uh, appreciating in value? Why why are people um, uh, valuing it so much? 
is that a, is that an appropriate jumping off point? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a good starting off point, really. Yeah. Why? Why? What has changed, really? Why? Mm. Why five hundred percent, really? Why Tesla? Mm. You know, when you start asking all this question, you eventually get to one. Well solution that is the market's rigged really at the end of the day and we don't I, talk about that <laughs> we don't talk about that huh? and and yes so notice how we asked one very simple why question and, and we we, are, we have literally a brand new topic to talk about already you know and and i think that's a brilliant place to go because i think what we could, what, what could happen uh, uh conversely is that we get very much engrossed with the 500 percent mm. And we jump in without knowing and 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 we get burnt or oh we just do various things and you realize is that oh I was just driven by emotions, I was just driven by what I'm seeing visually, by how it is reacting. So I I I'm just reacting as well to it, you know. No, maybe understanding the whys has definitely got made things clearer for me, you know, in my journey uh as a trader. Yeah, and and then to see out the opportunities that I want to participate in. Uh, given that I understand the whys, all those that I don't want to participate in because I don't understand the whys or well, I find that the whys are crap, basically. Mm. Yeah. So it's a bit redundant to to ask or to talk about uh, the different types of uh, stocks or markets to invest in because you, you talked about them being just financial products. Yes. You need to... So it goes back to the why, why you will want to, let's say, invest in uh, the REITs or why you want to invest in this particular stock because they're all just tools and you need to 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 just constantly question yourself and just uh, do your own homework. Exactly, and mm. that's good. And then after that, this, once you answer the whys, you have to develop a reference. You see, and then you start having your principles. You see, you, then, you know principles. when you ask the whys, you are, you start to have your investment or your trading principles, and that's something that really don't change. Now, in the past twelve years, my trading principles have 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 changed very little. Principles are not supposed to change, right? They are supposed to be the foundations, the pillars. But hey, the same pillars can build you a three-story house or a four or five. You build on top of them, you know? And so these are foundational principles you build on that. And I find that asking the whys help you discover and build those principles. Must you be, cur- must you be a bit fearless to even start asking? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be curious and passionate, right? I guess, mm. yeah, but... I I think you yeah you have to you have to ask the why's right. You have I want to. to talk about discipline, and you've mentioned a couple of times. Um, what sort of habits did you have to develop, or has it been constant throughout your journey? Yeah. Um. Yeah, maybe I'll just point out. I think discipline to me would be a never say die attitude. Um, good and better. Yeah, I mean, it could be good and bad, right? Yeah. But I think, I mean, I have, I have, I have successes, I have failures as well. I'll be first to admit, both in industry and life, I guess. Mm. But discipline is keep going at it, you know. Do believe, be, make it work, at you know, make it work out. And there is that tenacity, you know, and and learn from that. So discipline to me is, um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep going at it. And you gotta learn from it. Stop making the same mistakes. Mm. Stop stop using the same, I, I don't know, the same the same method if it doesn't work. Uh, uh continue to build on those those universal principles. But maybe the how has to change. So the why, you know, keep it there, foundation principles, keep it there, but the how changes. So that to me, I think it's discipline. Knowing, keep going, but at the same time. Learn from those mistakes and 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 keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. Are you? 
are you privy to uh how 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 would I put it? Investment fads? I think most recently what I can think of is crypto. I think uh. that that is that is that is that's a very interesting um observation. Like yes. within within a span, I think about a year or two, I think the the the, the valuation jumped. Yes. Jumped to a point where it became it, it became like the talk of the town. Yes. And I think that's where uh, a lot of people tried to get in and I think it went even higher and I guess it, it just dipped and yeah, and that that is I would say kind of like uh, our generation's taste of what uh, a very realistic example of uh I guess I guess the word is formal and market, you wanting to rush and bum rush the fucking market. Exactly. And then, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So 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 that is where you kind of have to be. Uh, does this does this mean like the discipline and the principles that the, this particular foundation that you 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 have built you are not so easily swept by you see something like everybody bum rushing this and you you if you don't understand it, it, it doesn't fit uh, your your risk profile and stuff like that you talked about you don't do it. Absolutely. In fact, I think uh, I've never traded any crypto to date, mm. and um, yeah, I think. Going back to just the same thing, I, I, I think the whys just don't convince me enough uh, on crypto. Now, once again, I think uh, this is just how I, I'm, I'm wired up. This is just yeah. what I do in my context, really. I know others who are doing it and they're doing very well yep. um, and, and their whys checked out. So yep. that's great. Um, uh, uh, but I guess it just doesn't doesn't check out for me. I don't like the kind of market that, that, that the crypto is in right now. And, and it doesn't make sense to me, yep. basically. Yeah. Why Why doesn't crypto make sense to you? The, the, does uh, the idea of it not make sense okay. to you? Yeah. So let me be more specific. I think that the that the, the utility of it makes sense to me. I find it a fascinating invention per se. But I think that the pricing of it, so we must understand that the price of an asset and uh, 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 the use or purpose of the asset can be very can very much diverge. The and price of the asset and the purpose. Okay, exactly. So the use of the of crypto is fascinating, and I think there's huge um, disruptions that you can you can can you can create, and that's great. But we must recognize as well that the price of it uh, is very much different from it, um, and I think that's what I mean. The price of crypto right now is just I, I don't understand. I don't understand how it can be valued where it is right now. Um, but the use of crypto, wow, that that's that's very interesting to me. So will I buy crypto? Nah, I don't think so. But do I believe that? I think it has great, you know, uh, so called industry disrupting, you know, capabilities. Yeah, sure. And I would love to be able to see more clarity on that, you know. And before, you know, I guess an an investment is made. And so throughout this whole period where people start to understand its use, there's going to be multiple repricing attempts. What and that's always repricing so repricing would be the boom and bust thing, right? You know, so we saw crypto going up, or Bitcoin going up to twenty thousand, yep. was it? And then after it yep. started it halved in price, yep. right? <laughs> oh, so this is repricing for me, really. And you see, at the end of the day, crypto is still a very exciting frontier, right? Mm. But you could have gone bankrupt, you know, in that in that in that period of time. Yep. We must be able to understand that, you know. So a lot of us. Uh, once again, going back, it's about your return on risk. Now, at twenty thousand, realistically, what are you expecting? Are you expecting a five-four increase at twenty thousand? Mm. Um, maybe, but your chances of that much more slim. It has peaked and it has begun to stagnate. And I guess if if you <laughs> if, if, if if you ask that particular question internally, I mean, hopefully you will want it to go at like twenty thirty percent. But 
perhaps if you have looked at the past, realistically, it would dip. Exactly. And mm. no one really knows for sure, right? But yeah. I mean, at 20,000, you got to be someone very garang to, you know, <laughs> to buy <believe> immediately, <laughs> right? But that's, see, that's the market right now. Now, now people, there are analysts talking about Tesla going to 5,000, going to 10,000 even. And I mean, sure, you know, I mean, no, 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 no one knows. No right? one knows, no yeah, one knows. really. But really, realistically, you know, it, what 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 are the, what's what's the odds right it's now? It's thousand five now. As you it's thousand five, and yep. it was three hundred dollars just yeah. you know four months ago. Yep. So these are things that are completely ridiculous to me, um, and 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 that is why maybe I'm a trader. I mean, I get in and out fast or faster, mm. you know, when things actually make sense to me at that point in time. Is it like an um, opportunist? Exactly right, and I think we're forced to be more and more opportunistic nowadays, yeah. just because things don't make sense. Yeah. The market certainly doesn't. Yeah. Um, more and more, I think uh, uh, the way that our policymakers and the way that different 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 actions are taken, uh, it's an easy way out. Doesn't make sense, but we live with it anyway. And these are the consequences, I guess, that we will have to factor in. In this case, to your know, investments, whether passive or active, etc. And 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 after a while, you realize they're all connected, really. They're all connected. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Like whatever is happening on the social political front yeah. is affecting adversely the, 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 the financial economic front or vice versa. And that trickles down very much to our own individual decision-making based, I mean, investment or trading decision-making. You know, I'm forced to think more actively right now. We are all forced to think more actively right now because of, you know, social political uh, actions that have been taken mm. by governments, by central banks, yep. that has adversely impacted the you know financial markets in a certain way, that has now shaped our thinking, our experience, you know, and and it's all connected. That's what I mean. So it's, I just get the image in my head where you see the tides are changing, and you kind of have to preempt something. Exactly. And if you don't, I mean, when the tides do come, then you're fucked. Exactly. You know, and I think that's where I am. My industry is at the forefront of these changes. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, we have a front row seat uh, through the financial industry or the financial markets, really. We get to see everything that, our, that, that, that we make as a generation, our decisions, our policies, you know, the, the actions that we take. We get to see that firsthand in the financial markets. How greed, how fear, how euphoria, how animal spirits just wreak havoc or, or I mean, for the good or bad in that sense. We get to see it firsthand in the financial markets, and and that 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 scares me really. That 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 is a um, that's that's incredible. I started my trading journey when it was 0708, where there was issues already at that point in time. Yeah. We haven't addressed them. Yeah, we 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 swept it under carpet. Yeah, so per se. And now we have just faced another 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 pandemic and yeah. another well pandemic caused a sell off, and is worse than the yeah. previous. So. Very unlikely things are going to get better. In fact, I think um, well, our generation and future generations got to reckon with a very highly uh, unstable market environment. And then we're going to be forced to think even more out of the box, I guess. Yeah. Isn't it very interesting that when there was, uh, I think when the pandemic started, especially in America, uh, I think I saw a piece of news that when the social unrest started, the stocks went up. Exactly. And that was the, the, the most puzzling thing. I was like, <laughs> eh? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> It doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah, and can I give an analogy? So Please. I'm fascinated by the, an article that I read. Now, the game Monopoly, mm -hmm. right, 
that we're all very familiar with is actually a perfect representation of what's happening right now. Oh dear. Now imagining, imagine this. If the banker, all right, of the game, all right, happens to be very generous, right? And every round that you go, you know, he decides, okay, everyone gets five thousand dollars. Yep. Right. Um, what's going to happen to the hotels? You know, what happens to the price of the assets? You know, that you, that you're supposed to purchase. Well, I, I'm not going to be. Well, I'm not going to be hindered by the rent I'm supposed to pay if I step on your yep. on your apartment or, or your hotel. I'm going to pay you double. I, I mean, I can afford you that. Can, In yeah. fact, I'm. So what do you see is this incredible, you know, asset appreciation, you know, and this is apparently what the 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 the, the manual of Monopoly, the game Monopoly, actually says. If you run out of the money that they actually give you, you can literally draw out your own on pieces of paper. Huh? Now that that is in the correct me if I'm wrong, right? So so that is in the game, and that's exactly what's happening to our, our world right now. We are printing yep. copious amounts of yep. money out of thin air. Yep. And hoping that, well, the problem or, or hoping that whatever that we want to address goes away. And 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 we, we, we are justifying that those actions right now. There are repercussions to those actions, both long-term and short-term. Unfortunately, our generation and the generation after us are the only ones that are going to be, well, feeling the effects of it. Or, yep. well, 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 even experiencing any of the ill effects of it. And, well, the thing is, everyone is doing that right now. I think the shocking thing right now is that it's not, we always think the culprit is, as maybe the US. China is doing it. Japan is doing it. Europe is doing it. Who is not doing it? Now, in fact, during the pandemic or just a bit after, Indonesia was discussing about printing money as well. Seems like everyone can print. And well, just like the game of Monopoly, yeah. if you run out of, of circulating, just get, just get, grab more paper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And come on. Um, I, I thought common sense tells you that that's not going to work, you know? Mm. Well, apparently, well, we... We we, we have different, different different definitions of the word common sense. Yeah, then. yeah. well, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I guess I just don't want to put it too rudely, if you yeah. know what I mean. But uh, that's, that's, that's where we are right now. And that is the reason why you see Tesla has just gone up 500% in three months, four months, when has, any, has, has, has things really changed? No. Because- Tangentially, he SpaceX launched uh, the thing, but <laughs> nothing about. I think I think I think they're releasing, they're releasing merch like like hot pants and sweatpants. I don't no, know. No, notice how we're justifying it all right now, you know, which is which is interesting because it's exactly what the financial industry is doing. We it's the it's the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging uh, the dog, you know. Unfortunately, we 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 we're, we're, we're drawing up new rules as we go. Um, there's going to be ill effects, man. There's going to be lots of it. At the very least, don't tell me that the markets are more stable. I think we are reaching a point where where, where the dot-com bubble in 2000, when we were kids, it's going to look like a drop in the bucket. I mean- That is scary. I, I, I try to convince myself otherwise. I just yeah. don't see how. So, well, we're going to live with the effects when I guess we're, I don't know, we're 40, 50 or yep. 60. Yep. Our kids are going to live with that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you, you. T- I, I don't know how that's going to end, but we definitely, as traders, we have a front row seat to see how the, well, and to use it loosely, apocalypse happen, financial apocalypse happen. So going with the analogy of front <laughs> row seats, you're watching a horror movie. I'm, I'm watching something unfold that is scary to say the least. Okay, but I have, when the music continues, I gotta keep dancing. If you know what I yep. mean, and unfortunately, maybe that's how, a lot of things are. Um. Once again, we are forced yep. okay, to, to look at things more creatively. Yep. 
and I think maybe that's why actually more and more people are kind of looking at trading and looking at at least the, the principles of trading and how 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 mm. what is trading really, you know, and things like that. Uh, to make sense of what's going on and or rather to find an effective, I guess, means or outlet, right, for what's happening in the financial markets right now. Yeah. So I mean, I'm fascinated but inti- but extremely intimidated as well. Horrified, if I may dare say, by what's happening. Uh no one seems to care. But uh I guess we'll see. Let's talk about the future then. What yeah. do you think? Awesome. <laughs> Portrayals of, of 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 okay portrayals of future, in in any, any sense of the word immediate, it's always either very uh, lofty, either like oh everybody's living together in harmony, everybody is like money isn't a thing anymore, or it goes incredibly dystopian, uh, very uh, capitalist multiplied by ten a hundredfold really. So I'm just personally curious to your thoughts on the future of money. What would it look like to you, and Tangentially, are you optimistic or pessimistic about it? Uh, well, I think that the future outlook of fiat money. What is fiat money? So it's currencies that governments can print, right? You know okay. what I mean? At will. Monopoly and that, money. <laughs> and that is why Bitcoin came out, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it was a revolt, basically. Yeah. It was it was saying, no, we don't want any of this anymore, you know, and some oh we can debate who created it, but my point <laughs> is um, uh yeah, someone did and yes. someone revolted. Yeah. And that was, if I'm not wrong, post seven eight, post Lehman Brothers, really. If I'm not mm. wrong, it was because of um, that that uh, 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 the classic moral hazard kind of a thing, you know, where uh, a big government kind of thing, you know, are they controlling everything and and inequality and all that. Unfortunately, I'm very pessimistic. I think because I don't see any other possibility. Like um, like it doesn't add up all the different variables that that you see. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that our our solution to a lot of our ills uh, financially and economically is by increasing debt. Mm. And I don't think that stands. And we haven't found a better solution. We have been doing that. We have been binging on debt every single country since, let's let's give it a go for as far back as the dot-com bubble. You know, so we're in this- Two decades, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in this two, three decades where we, we're, we are, we're taking the easy way out. So what is the future like for- for money, for fiat money. The money as a means of exchange will continue yep. to exist and will continue to thrive, if I, dare, if I may dare say, whether in the form of fiat, in the form of gold, mm. gold bars, gold coins, or crypto in that case. And, and and right now, money is so digitized anyway, right? You know, But who controls that? And that's the question, right? Is it like Bitcoin or crypto where you know, it's not, no, it's not centrally controlled, you know. And for that, I think I'll let the more experts take, take that, take that, you know, conversation. For me, what I what I what I focus on it's just more about I guess the state of our financial markets the state of of the other the other use of money really is where for wealth creation for the benefit of of, of every in, single individual in that sense um, I think fiat money is going it's gonna it's gonna be decimated I think there is going to be an ill effect a consequence to whatever policies that we've been doing and, and introducing the past two three uh, decades really and I think that would be the demise of fiat money. We, we're going to lose trust, and we we have been trust. there before. We we're gonna we have been there before. Mm. And what happened previously, though, I can't can't say for sure that that's going to be a repeat. 
It's inflation or stagflation took over. Stagflation. Stag- I've never heard of that, for, that word before. So stagflation is really when your economy is in recession, but yet inflation is, is, is going higher and higher. And a very classic example. So back in the day in Germany, I think in, the, in, 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 in classic stagflation kind of periods of time was that if you go to a restaurant, yeah. you ordered your food yep. and you paid after, your food would have, the price would have doubled. What? So that's stagflation for you. That that sounds hilarious for us, right? But yeah. I mean, today, uh, if you go to the Zimbabwe, right, you know, mm. you have you would have a I think I think a hundred billion dollar note that's pretty much worthless, really. And that's what stagflation is in our modern day. We have examples like that. Can such a a thing happen on a global scale? Um, well, if people lose faith in fiat money, then then yes, you know. I'm not sure what the consequence is of all our our, our, our actions, irresponsible yeah. actions, but be sure that there will be consequence. You know, I think that's universal yeah. universal principle, right? Um, so I I'm very pessimistic on fiat money. I think there is going to be a a a, a crash. You know, uh, the global the demise, will be immense, right? The demise of of money of global currencies as we as we speak as we know of. Yeah, you know, but something else will take over. Um. And 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 well, in that sense, a new world order would would, would arise per se. Could it be something else that is uh, something like crypto or Bitcoin? Maybe, yeah. But we're very much still right now in the era of fiat money. Sixty percent of global foreign reserves of countries are in the U.S. dollar. Yes, yes, that's crazy. So, well, so why is that crazy? So, if you think about it, the U.S. is really like the banker right now in the game of Monopoly. Everyone mm. is, everyone needs that that cash. The US dollar, the US, uh, freshly minted US dollar. Yep. And so they can print as much as they want. They can do anything that they like. Uh, the day that that runs out, the day that faith in that runs out, that's really where we'll start seeing the demise of fiat money or in this case, since 60% of fiat money is in the US dollar per se, Maybe the demise of the US dollar as well. But the erosion of faith would take decades. And assuming that the decades of work to erode that particular faith has already been done, then I guess the next step is to just anticipate. <laughs> I like to think this. Um, I think the cause obviously works over a long period of time. Mm. But the rot happens very quickly. The what, sorry? The rot. Mm. So the demise of it is going to happen very swiftly. Right, so sudden you could almost see overnight. Right, you know, suddenly there is an event that maybe the US dollar, you know, drops or depreciates by twenty percent, and that could be a very that that will be a very swift event. So my point here is a lot of people think that oh, that's that's way in the future, maybe, but I think it's it, the 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 shock that it that it delivers the 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 point the tipping point the the, the and the point where it falls off the cliff it's going to be fast and furious. Nobody knows when we are at the cliff edge, right? And that's the scary part. Mm. So is it today? Is it tomorrow? An event that happens that that quickens and accelerates the demise of something, of fiat money, US dollar, whatever. Um, be prepared that it can happen very quickly. And, and given how, as the global pandemic has shown us, the economies of the world today are very interlinked. Exactly. It is a web. Like if there is a even a soft blow on, let's say, one particular part, there will be ripples throughout Exactly, and that uh, that accelerates the demise, or, or 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 I guess you know the success of of everything of every asset class. You know that is why Bitcoin goes up to twenty thousand, right? You you could you could invest literally in a market in Ethiopia right now by the click of a single button, 
And you could do the reverse. You could sell as well. So imagine what will happen if, let's say, the US dollar starts really it's 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 jumping off the cliff moment, right? You would you would realize that I think it would catalyze. It would be it will start a chain of, a series of events, right? A chain of events in a highly destabilized and uncertain, unstable uh, market uh, that will have you know ramifications and shock waves you know throughout the world, and that. Probably, I mean, I am quite confident. I mean, it's happened in so many different small, small, small events, smaller events, and I'm sure it will happen as well. You know, in something as big or as uh, cataclysmic as you know the demise of fiat money or the US dollar in this case. It's interesting that these things are actually happening in, I guess, uh, lesser known poorer countries. Do you think that there's a sort of arrogance and privilege when we consider some, oh, something like that will not happen in a first world country? Yes, and I think it's exactly that ignorance of that that catalyzes or that, that that quickens its its acceleration you know uh, 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 for for let's say the demise of something as well uh, unshakable as the US dollar mm. yeah it's precisely maybe that ignorance right uh, right that that certainty so per se right yeah. that that will never happen you know because that is when truly panic starts yeah all right. In, in in closing to this uh, fantastic conversation, I would just like to ask you: Are you able to paint me a picture of what success looks like to you right now? Mm. And let, let me be very specific and pragmatic or realistic, as I I guess I I like to answer that question with: I think success to me right now means to be to 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 be focused and to be good at what I'm doing, and to not be distracted really by a lot of things other things but really to focus on what I do well what I'm gifted with my my situation my talents where I am right now mm. and to be and to, to do well to do well well trading you know and to make to make it do well for myself and and and, and my stakeholders and I think that's what right now uh, I need to focus on that's what visual investments definitely is all about at this point in time now, if the next three to four years is as what we've discussed, <laughs> hey, there's plenty of opportunities out there for Vigil to catch. And, and yeah. I hope that that will be the case. I hope we will be a bit of a, a, a shelter from the storm per se. And we'll be able to take advantage of uh, this onslaught, or this uh, instability very well. And I think that to me is what I'm preoccupied with. That to me is what I'm focused on. That to me is what I think success right now means. Fantastic. Okay, so this is usually the point in the podcast where I ask the guests to plug whatever they want to plug. So how would you go about plugging visual investments? Is is there like a website? Do they email you? Do they consult you? Please. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, really. Okay. Um, that's for one. Um, because I guess we are uh, private. Mm. Um, so our, our visual, actually, we are a proprietary trading and a research firm. So very much of our effort right now is into research, of course. And uh proprietary trading as well uh, by connecting with us or with me specifically on LinkedIn I guess you get to hear from myself really. yeah yeah, and yeah who knows you know opportunities might might uh, uh, come out from there alright yes. I hope to see you on the flip side three years later and hope things are not as <laughs> apocalyptic as, as, as you talked about <laughs> I hope not but I hope I'm still thriving and Vigil is thriving alright um, thank you Sharon thank you for your time you're welcome most welcome thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired if you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.